2 Samuel chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, turn there with me. If you don't, they can be on the screen. You can follow along there. Starting in verse 14, 15, and 16. So not very many verses today. Uh, I've heard your cry in the wilderness that I've been preaching too long. And so, uh, short, short sermon today. So, 14. And David danced before the Lord with all of his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark. As the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked out of the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. Will you pray with me? Father, we give you thanks for the day. We thank you for this opportunity that we have to gather together in this place and to, to worship you. And Father, I pray that as we gather together, as we, as we are here today, Father, help us to continue to worship you. We thank you for the many elements that we've had. We thank you for the songs that have been sung, the, the gifts that have been given, uh, the words that have been spoken. Father, now as we come together and we look at your word, Father, I pray that the word of God would penetrate our heart, that it would sanctify our thinking, that it would correct our desires, that it would allow us to be the people that you want us to be, that through your word, Father, that it would be divine, that it would change us. As we listen to you, as you are an unseen guest here today, Father, as you speak to us through your word, I pray that you would just give us the grace that is needed to respond in a way that would bring honor and glory to your name. Father, I recognize that I have a part in this today, and so if you would, forgive me of my sin and cleanse me of the unrighteousness that is in my life. I, I recognize, Lord, that I'm a sinner and that I need you each and every day, especially this day. So, Father, if you would, speak to us today. If there's someone here today that has never accepted Jesus Christ as a Savior and Lord, I pray that today is that day where they admit that they are a sinner, where they believe that Jesus is the Son of God and they confess Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord of life. If that were to happen, Lord, we would give you all the honor, all the glory. For the believer that's here, that it may be the first time they've been in a church for a long time, it may be the first time that they've heard a sermon and Open your word and lifted their hands in prayer. Father, I, I pray that you would speak to them and only in the way that you can and in the way that they need so that they might know your will for their life, so that they might know the next step they are to take and their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. We pray all these things in his name and all of God's people said, amen. I uh, did some research this week on this number. Might surprise you, but I didn't know it offhand. But there are just between 13 and 14,000 professional dancers in the United States of America. 13 to 14,000 professional Dancers. There's a lot of people that like to dance, so that number seemed a little bit low to me. You know what I mean? Like, why is there? You you might just think there might be more. You know, and uh, so I did. You just think about that for a second. Why why is that number so low? 
you know. But one of the reasons is because about age 31, people retire from dancing. So, I mean, that's just kind of start out. I mean, you don't have a very long career path. And then also, the average income is like $31,000. And when you think about the inflation and everything else that's going on, that's not a whole lot of money, you know, support a family and things of that nature. So, I mean, you just think about this for, you know, if you're living in New York City and you're paying for rent and you want to make it, I mean, that's just not a whole lot of money, right? But there's a lot of people that love to dance. My wife, she just, she loves dancing. We go to like a wedding and she wants me to dance with her. I, my best dance move is to go to my chair and sit down. Okay, like that's, that's what I like to do. You know, that's my best move right there. And, uh, but, but there are some people that just, they love to dance. It's, 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 when the song comes on, when the music is going, whew, they love it. I was talking to Matt Payton and Rod Daniels this week, and, and they were telling me that their favorite TV show is Dancing with the Stars. Like, that's what they were telling me. They say before the Chiefs game gets on, like, they, like pregame, that's what they turn on to get hyped up. <laughs> Rod, Rod actually, this is a true story. That other part was kind of, <laughs> kind of false, but this is a little bit more true. Rod sent me a, a video, a YouTube video, a choreographed dancing video this week, and he said he wanted to get on the stage and do this, okay? So, like, just, just, I mean, I think, don't y'all want to see that? I mean, don't you want to see that? I think, I think Rod would do such a good job. I like the, I, I like the America's Got Talent, you know? Like, I think it's a better reality TV show competition. There's all kinds of talent, not just dancing, but, but when you do see the dancing on that show, you can tell the judges, they appreciate it. They like it. They get into it. The crowd gets into it. And I think one of the reasons why people like to dance or even watch other people dancing is because dancers are always smiling. They're, they're in a good mood. Their positive vibes are contagious. And usually, unless you're in Camp Jeff Burns here, you're smiling too when you go dancing. But, I mean, they are, there's something about dancing. Today's pastor scripture, we see David and the Israelites doing something that no good Baptist should ever do, and that's dance. They're dancing because they're in a good mood. Israel was thrilled to have David as their king, friends. Likewise, David was happy to be their king. And our pastor's of scripture for today, we see David's happiness come in the form of dance. David was dancing with all of his might before the Lord. Verse 14 tells us, wearing a linen ephod. The context here is that David is moving the ark from Hebron to Jerusalem. And in the process, one of the people in charge of moving or handling it becomes careless and he touched the ark, and which was forbidden for anybody to do. And as a result, the man died. But out of fear of God's judgment, David took the ark to a, a nearby Levitical priest and he kept it there for three months. And as a result, this man's home and family farm was greatly blessed. David was dressed as a, a priest in this linen ephod, but he was not a, a Levite, but he became known as a priest and as a king kind of through his kingship. Friends, David acted out of fear. Uh, he didn't want to bring the ark of the Lord to Jerusalem and, and God to judge the city. Uh, there are some people who might be critical of David for his actions, but I'll say this. Men and women who base their decisions out of fear 
of what God might do, usually <laughs> they don't live a life that's to be criticized. The people who live their life out of just no concern for what God might do, how God might act, they've often find themselves between a rock and a hard place. When we hear about, Dave, about God's blessing, the priest's home, when David hears about this, he went back and took the ark and he moved six paces and made sacrifice and he returned to celebrating, to singing and dancing. Uh, I was going hunting with a, a friend of mine a few years back. He was an older gentleman. And uh, he told me that when he was younger, he said, he goes, when I was younger, he goes, I would go to the tavern. He goes, and if a, a song was on and there was a girl in the room, I would grab her and I would go dancing. Like we, I, he goes, I just loved to go dancing as a, as a young man. He goes, I, he goes, actually, he goes, I would love to become a professional dancer. I'm going to tell you something. It was a little too early in the morning for that conversation for me. Like I, this guy is dressed the head to toe in camo. He's got a high-powered rifle. I'm like, Am I, did I get in the wrong truck here? Like, what is going on? There's something just not right about this. A few years back, a, a police across the country were doing these lip-sync battles. They were going on social. I think partly because we just don't, we're not used to seeing men in uniform singing and dancing. I mean, they're, they're masculine men. They're driving these cars at high paces. They're, they're chasing back. I mean, to sing and dance, that's just not something you just expect to see. I'm not sure about you, but when I think about David, I don't think about twinkle toes, light on their feet, floating like a butterfly, dancer. You know, I think about a military leader, a king of kings, a man of above reproach, a man who as a young boy took down a giant who killed tens of thousands of opposing soldiers. When I think of David, I don't think of a dancer. But now we see that he was. David danced with joy. That should not surprise us though. I mean, have you seen the book of Psalms? How many Psalms were written with just joy in his heart? Have you ever thought about why David was dancing? Ever thought about why he was so joyful? Maybe it's because of where he came from, what he had gone through in order to be where he's at today. David was anointed by Samuel as the future king when he was around 10 years old. When he was around 15, he went and he slayed the giant. Aged 18 to 20, he became a commander in Saul's army. And when David was 30 years old, he became king. David spent his entire life with Saul as king, and David served Saul for the most part. And for most of that time, Saul despised David. And tried to kill him on more than one account. I mean, think of the hardships that David must have gone through. A man above reproach, a man who had a heart after the Lord. You just think about this. I mean, 
here you are a man that does everything right. Who's been ordained, called to be the future king. And here you sit and you watch a man that you serve despise you and hate you. And try to kill you. And you ever just think, maybe he just wondered, is that ever going to be me? Am I ever going to be able to sit on that throne? Am I ever going to fulfill what God has called me to do? In spite of the things that happened in his life, David was pleased to be where he was at at this moment in his life. There are temptations for us, I think, when, when bad times happen. For us to wonder and to ask God why. To question God's will. To question what's going on in our life. I think that's the temptation, right? Why? Why are you allowing this to happen? Not, God, you have allowed this to happen. Now, why, what, what, what am I supposed to do? We often, we wonder, what, are, we, are you sure about this, God? <laughs> there are times when bad things happen. And they're out of our control. But as a result, they mold us into who we are today. We get fired from a job. We go bankrupt. Go through a divorce. We lose a loved one. We have a car accident. Our house catches on fire. Former UFC champion George St. Pierre, one of the best fighters in the history of the sport, said that when he was a young man, when he was a young boy, he got bullied. And that shaped him. It made, it made him want to be the fighter that he was, the fighter that he is. David focused on the here and now, and he focused his attention on what God had done for him, not on his past and what he had to go through in order to be where he was at today. He was thankful for everything, friends. He was overcome by joy. The, the verse here says what? David danced before the Lord with all of his might. Do you do anything with all of your might? I mean, have you ever danced with joy with all of your might? Is that, I mean, is that something that's in your disciplines, in your lifestyle? That you're overwhelmed with joy with, and you dance with all of your might? Is that something that you've experienced, that you've established as a discipline? Verse 15. He and the whole house of Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of the ram's horn. It wasn't just David, friends, that was excited. It wasn't just David that was singing God's praises. It wasn't just David that was dancing. The whole house of Israel was excited about this, friends. What does that say about Saul? About his leadership? About David? What does it say about who they knew David was? I mean, they looked 
And they said, man, that we are thrilled. I know this might come to a surprise to many of you here today, but I'm not a great I don't even like to sing, I'll be honest with you. Like some people, like, like they sing in the shower. Like that's not me. I work on my shampoo and my hair and conditioning. I, I focus my attention on that kind of stuff. That's, but I'm, I'm not, I don't, I'm in the car or the truck. I'm not, I, got, I have the radio on, but I'm not singing along, you know. It's not my... But I, I do, I do love singing the gospel hymns. I do love singing the choruses. I, I do love singing praise music. I, I love singing how great thou art. Like I, I find joy there. Like there's a reason people don't sit by me. It's not a pretty sound, you know. I mean like there's, it's not, it might be joyful friends, but it's not pretty. Like it's just... I think one of the best witnesses that we can make is to sing songs of praise to our God. We should never be ashamed of singing the gospel, friends. We should never get tired of singing about how great our God is. Like that shouldn't be something that tires us out. And some of us are so concerned about style that we allow for a style of a song to distract us from the joy that is inside of us. It allows us to, it causes us to be distracted from who God truly is. Like we're here to worship God. And we're going to let a style of a song dictate whether or not we're going to praise God or not? Are we, I mean how mature is that? Not very. One of the best witnesses we can make is to sing songs of praise to our God. We should never be ashamed, friends. One of my prayers for us as a church is that when people come to White Park Baptist Church, they will know our love for our God by our singing. That when they leave this place, they will say, man, that is a people that love their God. They are overfilled with joy. And they sing. A few months ago, I was at a conference down at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. A room, about a thousand people in a room, mostly pastors, standing on their feet for two days, just belting it, friends. It was beautiful. My prayer for our church is that people would know our love for our God by our singing. Your joy, your song, it's infectious, friends. And it infects people. And it affects others with a desire to sing, with a desire to have joy, with a desire to be loved and to love others. It causes other people to be happy, to have joy. It causes other people to, to want to dance with all of their might. Verse 16. And the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Saul's daughter, Michael, looked down from the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. None of us here today are in a royal family, but we all have 
in the dance and some of us are good at it some of us not out for joy to, to sing at the top of our lungs Charles Dickens says that the most important thing in life is to stop saying I wish and to start saying I will it's a choice friends it's a choice we all have a reason to sing. We all have a reason to have joy. We all have a reason to be thankful for what God has done for you. But are you? Are you thankful? Are you joyful? Are you happy? It's a choice. Friends, joy and thanksgiving isn't a spiritual discipline that requires a degree in theology. It requires a desire to long for God. You don't need to be an expert, friends. You don't need to be a mature believer to have joy. You don't need to be able to stand behind this pulpit or stand on this stage or teach a Sunday school class or be on the, the church council. All you need to do is long for our God. No seminary education required, friends. Something that each and every one of us can do. The choice is yours. Will you have joy or not? <laughs> I uh, pastored a couple one time. Their names, uh, they'll go unmentioned. But they're, they were an older couple then and they're still alive today and they're still an older couple. And uh, <laughs> they, uh, we had a wedding at the church that I was pastoring and I didn't go to it. And uh, I, uh, they, they did, you know, it was, and they, at the reception that was at the church as well, there was a big fellowship hall there and they did the wedding in the sanctuary, and, you know. And um, there was dancing at the wedding. And uh, afterward, I got a phone call. And uh, this couple wanted to talk to me, and I went over to their house and started talking. And they, they asked the question, they said, Pastor, the, we had this wedding at the church this past weekend, and we just, we want to know what you think about this. They were, there was dancing that was going on. I said, okay. I said, well, what's the problem? Is that, is that, I said, you all been married for 60-some years. I mean, did, when you all got married, did you all dance? No. I said, okay. So 60 years of marriage, you all have never danced in your entire life? Entire marriage? She looked at me and she goes, well, we danced one time in the living room and neither one of us liked it very much. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I mean, I, I said, okay. Well, so there's nothing wrong with it, right? I mean, there's nothing wrong with dancing. No, I just want to make sure that you didn't think there was anything wrong with it. I said, no, I don't have any problem with it at all. <laughs> you know? Psalm 26, 7. Psalm 26, 7 reads this. Proclaim aloud your praise and tell of your wonderful deeds. Proclaim aloud your praise and tell of your wonderful deeds. <laughs> When's the last time that's happened? To tell of God's wonderful deeds in your life. 
Many of us here today are, uh, are living out our dreams. You know, we're, uh, we're married to the, the love of our life. We have wonderful children and some of us great-grandchildren and grandchildren and some of us are practicing medicine or law or some of us are running companies and some of us are leading sales at our company and others are practicing finance or banking, insurance. Others are educating young minds practicing a trade or in agriculture. Some of us are serving and raising children and are blessed to be able to do the things that you want to do. You're living out your dream. I think about you know the opportunities that we have, I mean, to do what God has called us to do, to do what we want to do. God has given you the desires of your heart and oftentimes we as a society, as a, I mean, you have that opportunity, friends. You know, if you don't like what you're doing, you can pretty much stop right now and you can go and Change your career. Change your path. You don't like the direction you're going? It's, we have the freedom to do it. God has blessed you. I mean, just think about where you were 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. The dreams that you had probably aren't nearly as big of the reality that you are in right now. God has blessed you far beyond your wildest dreams. Amen. Is it too much to have joy? Is it too much to be thankful? Is it too much to tell of others of all of God's wonderful deeds to tell others of what God has done for you it's not too much God has lavished you with his blessings with his love if nothing else friends then through the love of Jesus God has blessed you he has given you the opportunity to become a child of God an heir to the kingdom of God, an heir to the throne of God, co-heirs with Christ. He has blessed you. You have an opportunity, friends, to be right with God for all of eternity through Jesus. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to our Father except through him. And you have an opportunity to be with God for all of eternity because of Jesus Christ. I hope and I pray that gives you joy. Friends, uh, I got, I got, 
I don't have any better news than that for you today. That Jesus Christ loves you, has died on the cross for your sins, and gives you the opportunity to be an heir to the kingdom of God. If that doesn't give you joy, it doesn't give you happiness, it doesn't want to make you dance with all of your might with joy, friends. I don't have... I don't have anything else for you. God loves you. I hope that you would know that. I hope that you are willing to tell others of what God has done for you. Yes. Go and tell. Go and share. Go and dance with joy for what God has done for you today. Amen. Father, we give you thanks for the day. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to gather, to gather together in this place. Father, I pray for the person that's here today that has never accepted Jesus. Father, I know there's probably people within this room that have yet to make a decision. And Father, I pray that today that you would speak to them, that you would allow for your word to penetrate their heart, to hear a message from you, to know of your love for them, to know of the love of Jesus Christ, that they would admit that they are a sinner, that they would believe that Jesus is the Son of God and confess Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord of life. And for the believer that's here that may be struggling or just may be uh, apathetic, doesn't care, no longer filled with joy, no longer happy, no longer willing to tell others, I pray that today that they would... Remember of your wonderful deeds. Mm -hmm. yes. That they would find joy in being a child of God. Lord Jesus, we love you. Pray all these things in your name. And all God's people said.